passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. No. Can I uh can I get a large decaf? Uh one what? One milk one, one milk one sugar, please. Large decaf and regular with milk? Yes. Yes, please. That's everything? That's it. Yep. Thank you. Rewind the dynamite from the most recent sight. AW lighting up the fuse. Sit back and enjoy the bubbly. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the CarCast edition of Rewind to Dynamite. I am John Pollock, literally riding shotgun <laughs> to Wei Ting, who has commandeered the vehicle. And it is uh, almost one in the morning, and we have crossed the border, leaving wonderful Buffalo, as we are now on our way home after searching out the most elusive service in this part of uh, Ontario slash Western New York, and that is a gas station. We have, we went on quite the journey because we were about to be running on empty. I just, I don't get it. Like, I think there'd be so much business for gas like a 24-hour gas station around the border, but I don't know if we... Like, because we went to a different bridge. We're, we didn't go through uh, Niagara Falls proper. Like, we went through Fort Erie. Yeah, um, we, we were off into the sticks, and it was... Um, and it was it, I mean, the, the th- this is the horror movie where we're found the next day in a car with podcast equipment, and that <laughs> would have just been our quintessential obituary. Oh, God. <laughs> two, two fools oh, <laughs> found an abandoned car. Uh, as they, One guy had notes from a wrestling <laughs> show that he died with in his, in his grip <laughs> with a stopwatch. Hey, we're not home yet, dude. Like, yeah, you should save that for afterwards. But, Sorry. God, that's, um, that would be uh, quite the news story. It would. Yeah. It would. Well, we just came out of uh, Dynamite slash Rampage at the Key Bank Center, uh, an arena that has been under many names, and I've been to quite a handful of times. Uh, I think this was our first time going to a wrestling show there since the SmackDown immediately after the draft of 2016, as I recall. Really? That far back? Yeah. Really? Yes. Wow. So okay. six years, over six years ago that we went to. Uh, it that's exactly the same. Yeah, it's uh, it was a good time. We unfortunately we uh, I mapped out this trip yesterday, and I guess when I looked up the the distance, I was looking at uh, off peak hours when it came to traffic, and it was telling me downtown Toronto to the Key Bank Center hour thirty seven. Cool, we're gonna have to find some time to kill uh, because we're we're gonna be there early. 
it turned out that when I left in the midst of rush hour, uh, it took us three hours to get from Toronto to Buffalo. Uh, we did make it. We were fashionably late for our, uh, our, our dinner with the great Brandon Thurston of Russell Nomics, but we yeah. did make it uh, for Allentown Pizza. Uh, which was actually very good. So great recommendation, recommendation for Brandon. Actually, not the first time we met Brandon. Like it's the second time technically, but the first time we didn't really know him. So, well, we didn't really. We weren't really friends. So it was great to meet him and his significant other. Um, it was just uh, nice to have a little chat. Very nice. Yeah, we got to meet the Russellnomics crew because at the show we we uh, we ran the Chris Gullo, so got to meet him as That's well. That's right. So it was. Uh, we got to meet the. Uh, the guys that run New York. Pretty Buffalo, much. New York, that is. Pretty much. Yes. Dolo is a big deal, you know, around the independent wrestling scene. Oh, the, the guys ahead of us, after, yeah. who were sitting in front of us, are like, you know, that you know that Chris Golo, he uh, he does some really great yeah. work here in the city. I'm like, hey, I, believe me, Absolutely. preaching to the converted here. We're aware of the greatness oh, of yeah. Chris Golo. Absolutely. So, uh, great, great to meet Chris for the first time and, and Brandon first time in a, in a long time since since all in and also great to meet joe from niagara sitting joe right from niagara was there uh nice to meet him as well sitting uh, in the seats also uh nice to uh meet that child that was behind us in our seats oh uh, met plenty of him yeah. wow so we we were seated and behind us was a father with his child i presume and this child, I, I would guess, was probably in the three to four year old range. That would be my estimate. Uh-huh. This child, the last place on earth <laughs> that they wanted to be was at this loud wrestling show. So 10 minutes before Dynamite went live, as dark was ending, this baby just had, or not baby, like toddler. 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 Yeah. Just has a meltdown and he's screaming and crying and all I can make out is I don't want to be here, and the child is right behind me, so it's like my ear is ringing, and I'm thinking, you know what? It's everyone is in the every parent can probably sympathize with this. Oh yeah, it's like I could. the child is gonna run out of steam. It was eight thirty, and non, it did not stop. It did not stop for 40 minutes. And then I looked over. It was like my ears were, were like still ringing, but the silence had overtaken it. And I turned around. The child's asleep. This kid's going to be like an Olympic-level swimmer someday, I imagine, man. Like, he went on for half an hour. I couldn't imagine it. Like, I've never I've never experienced that with, like, my own child. So, yeah. uh, like, that that extent and that, that um, duration. I mean, clearly just, you know, somebody who wanted WWF tickets and not obviously yeah. AEW tickets but yeah he or came to see his his favorites <laughs> and you know what coming out of the pay-per-view uh change of plans card subject to change he was like I don't know complaining about his feet or something I'm like uh, and the dad's like you're sitting down why are you complaining about your feet <laughs> the father was here to see wrestling nothing uh, was compromising this outing yeah. uh for him but I, I was very close to getting up and going to other seats because yeah. it was uh it was tough uh, um Attendance-wise, what would you say today's show is? So, I believe, like, the last check at WrestleTix had it, I think, under 5,000. And, like, maybe, I'm guesstimating, like, 4,500 to 5,000. That felt about right. Yeah. It was very uh, noticeable. Like, Dynamite ends, Rampage, dude, there were people just out of there. However, when Rampage started, I think some did just, like, maybe go to the washroom, go to get drinks. Because it... 
it was a healthy crowd for Rampage, but it was a very tired crowd by the time Rampage comes around. It's like, they've been there three hours. That fourth hour is tough, and there was some very good wrestling on that fourth hour. Yeah, yeah. For me, it was, like, more so... I mean, AEW Dynamite ends on such, like, a such a high. To kind of build that back up for Rampage, you know, they, they have to turn around the whole set. And I've been to, like, WWE tapings where it's... I mean, even from dark to dynamite it's pretty fast what would you guess it was like 10 minutes or so for rampage around? it was like 15 minutes i yeah. don't think the show came back until like 10 17 yeah and that's i guess for a, for a wrestling show it felt like a lot of it's death. like the air is out of the balloon and then you got to rebuild it and yeah. um god bless claudio and, and dax they worked so hard it, it was a really good match and they did get the crowd at, at certain parts but it was one where I think if that happened in the first hour of Dynamite, I think this crowd would have been no doubt, yeah, that much more amplified. This was a really great match on Rampage. Yeah, no doubt. It's always a challenge, you know, trying to fill that Rampage spot. I'm sure. But um, I, I mean, you know, I, I, to me, like it felt like a more significant Rampage than usual because of that match, because of Darby versus Sammy, and we won't go through spoilers here. Uh, we'll be doing our own review after watching. Spice it to say, like both of those matches, they also did um, a quick match with Serena Deeb and Madison Rain, but the. Yeah. Uh, the two matches, the bookended Rampage, were like... It's a strong Rampage this week. Strong Rampage, I thought, yeah. But uh, what I'm very curious to see, and we talked about this, is how whether or not they sweeten the audio. Yeah. Because it, it definitely... It was, it was pretty down. Quieter. Yeah. So I have to imagine they might do something. But anyway, so that was Rampage. I'd say, you know, I don't know. Like, if what would you estimate? Like, 25% of people might have left, like, between Dynamite Maybe and Rampage? Maybe, about that. Yeah. So... I'm, I'm sure that's pretty much It's typical. tough on a, like, when you're actually there. Like, it's a Wednesday night. It's, I've watched three hours of wrestling if I got there for Elevation. And yeah. and you've got your fill. Like, I honestly, if, if if Dynamite ended and that was the whole show, I'm leaving very satisfied. Sure. Um, and for some, it's like that That fourth hour is, is going to be um, tough for, for ones that, you know, they've, they've got their fill for the night. But, um... I guess we should start off just talking a little bit about, uh, since, since we last uh, signed off on Monday, um, just some of your overall thoughts on, on everything going into tonight's show, and I think coming off the pay-per-view and all of this, like I'm, I'm expecting a big number for, for Wednesday, mm-hmm. um, because that, that was all the, the focus, and obviously it was the, the absences on Dynamite that overshadowed anyone on the show, but it was it did very much feel like a kind of rallying the troops kind of show um, with yeah. the Oxley promo and even with everyone. Like, you could tell, like, the little statements that were made and stuff like that, that it was like, listen, we are coming off um, uh, one of our worst events one of, in our company's what, history. Definitely. In I, terms I of, like, personnel, like, outside of the, you know, like, um, you know, uh, you know, real-life situations. Like, in terms of a locker yeah. room, uh, this, this was a really tough week for for the company and and it's not like the problem is just gone it's like it's still lingering yeah yeah um i would say in terms of pr in terms of like per- public perception uh you know there there are still a lot of questions right now about just i think the leadership capabilities of the tony con and really just um i think mm, the professionalism of AEW in general and you know when you're still a relatively young company trying to you know, get a bigger slice of the pie, so to speak, and trying to prove yourself to like major networks. It's it's terrible to have that sort of perception. And uh, today was a bit of a course correction, or at least an attempt to maybe quell like some of the negative press out there by delivering. Like I just 
I thought it was like a purely, you know, solid professional wrestling program. You know what I mean? Without many major stars. Like, this again kind of was like the depth situation of like what they have at their disposal that they put out a two hour show. But uh, not to the level that we've been used to over the past year. But I mean, it was Jericho and Moxley, like the same level of stardom that we've had like for the first year of AEW. You know? It was. And. You know, I thought they put together, like, a quality dynamite. I thought the last hour was very strong with the two matches. Um, yeah. I really liked that they went with Daniel Garcia and Wheeler Yuta. Like, I think you would have done that regardless. But yeah. on this week, um, if, if it, it felt like a nice statement having this show build to the big... Like, Daniel Garcia was so popular in this building. Yeah. Uh, that was obviously, I think, the big... Uh, take-home moment from everyone in that building was just a solid win for him and giving a nice speech after which um i don't know if that um is going to air or anything but just giving a you know this is what it is about it's about the wrestling nothing else and just you know a nice message for the uh the 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 buffalo audience that that showed up for it um it is worth noting that uh kenny omega cm punk and the young bucks were apparently uh taken out of the opening of the show and I guess the status of which, like, we've seen, like, the uh, the reported suspensions that have been uh, handed out. Uh, apparently, there was supposed to be a talent meeting today. And CM Punk, um, this had definitely been going around. And I, I first heard about it on, on Monday morning that apparently suffered an injury during the match. And it looks like surgery for CM Punk. So regardless of whatever uh, disciplinary action there is, um, there is... You know, CM Punk is not going to be available regardless and comes back and now is facing another surgery and another rehab process. Yeah. Certainly people are going to be, um, I, I, I'm certain, like looking like, will CM Punk ever be seen in an AEW ring again? That's the big question, you know. Um, what, how severe of a of punishment um, are we going to get? Is he going to ever come back? to professional wrestling and, and what the investigation yeah puts out because like you we have seen some great reporting this week yeah. I, I do want to put out that you know all sides that I think have been represented and it's figuring out like each side is going to have their view of things yep. and it's down to this investigation to try and find the um, yeah. the neutral parties that are going to be able to ascertain was was there faults on both ends so what do we know so far? Can you just kind of round up what the side stories are and, and where what what sort of consensus the public sort of has right now? It seems like the, the agreeable facts are the fact that punches were thrown by CM Punk towards Matt Jackson, that a chair was thrown uh, that connected with Nick Jackson uh, in the face, and, the, and that uh, Ace Steel had grabbed Kenny Omega and bit him. Now, what is going to be the most um, obviously disputed is who started this, and did one one side approaching the other? Um, did they do so in an aggressive manner? Did they come in a passive manner? Were they was was violence the number one option? Did it escalate to that? Was CM Punk and Ace Steel in a position where they felt they were defending themselves? All of these sides could believe what their what. what could feel justified. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very, it's very tricky when you're trying to measure intent. That's something that's very difficult. Um, yeah. And you, and you've got a lot of you know big personalities, and you have 
you know, you have to be very careful too at the same time that you were talking about some of your biggest stars in your company that th this could blow up in a significant way where um, are there parties that don't want to return to work regardless of uh, that will not accept the punishment if, if that's if they feel that they were justified in their actions. It's 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 very complicated in terms of how you handle all of this and 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 what the message is on top of it to your locker room. Like I do feel this is that line in the sand moment of that that Tony Khan has to be able to really put his foot down and you know, establish the fact that it's, it's going to be, um, more of a, you know, di disciplinary, you know, measures that, that are taken when, you know, you, you have guys out there that are feeling that like they are above punishment. I think, I think that this could have a, a significant effect. I think it almost, it has to, because if it doesn't, um, you know, it's, it, it just feels like we are still in the midst of, of chaos here. And this has to be handled in a way that, uh, there, there is not a easy, it's, I don't look at this as you remove one person from the equation and suddenly we're back to normal and everything's great. I think there's going to be a lot of residual issues that come from this, um, from, from people in the locker room that are going to take sides, from people directly involved, from people that are going to cast blame on those that are still around. Uh, I mean, it's, um, th this is the, the ultimate test, I think, of Tony Khan's um, management skills. Well, you're already seeing punishment. You know, or at least, like, I mean, these suspensions to me and, like, stripping of the titles is almost, like, so inconsequential when we're talking, like, we're talking about fiction, you know, when this is very much a, a reality. Like, the punishment could be very legal, you know, could be could be um, criminal, even, like, to some extent. So, um, I, I think you're already starting to see, um, like, some, at least, you know, um, suspensions leading possibly tomorrow post investigation I, I certainly um, for the person who actually delivered the people who delivered like the actual physical attacks I don't see much justification um, anyway um, that but you know that that's for like an internal investigation really to decide all I can really speak about is sort of like the public perception of it and from the moment Tony Khan appeared on screen today, he was booed. He was booed. And I imagine, you know, people watching at home might have been able to hear that. Um, and it reflects a lot of the online sentiment regarding Tony Khan. Uh, this has completely poorly re reflected on him for, you know, again, not like he was put in an uncomfortable position, that's for sure. Um, but I, I, I think he was but trying he also, to placate everybody. And this came to a point where... Um, maybe, maybe that was just unrealistic, but at the same time, you are looking at, these are all stars that I, I do not want to have to pick and choose here. I want to accommodate everybody. You don't want that. Right. And you don't, but you don't, you don't want that in a leader though. Like you, in, maybe in some ways you do, but like in a professional wrestling environment with egos as big as like people have, I, I don't think that's not effective leadership. And whatever the case is like I don't nobody expected it to get physical like that right like Tony Khan in the, in the press conference I don't think for one second thought like this could escalate that quickly like literally like minutes later after Punk said those words um but you know it, it, it all makes him 
it's the worst sort of like perception he's had since AEW began. And so much of it, I think, in addition to um, maybe um, not saying anything while Punk was at that press conference, um, it might be his general demeanor as well, like kind of coming out and, I don't know, just getting into these like pro wrestling promo modes that maybe in the past um, would have been well received, but now just, you know, when you when you start to dislike some something or, 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 or somebody, all the, like everything they do starts to like annoy you a little bit more. And I don't know, we've had multiple instances tonight of like Tony Khan coming out and every time he was booed, he did not come across cool in any way. Maybe in the past that was endearing, but tonight, um, I I don't know. I don't know if he came across that well even at the end of the show. What, what would you have wanted Tony Khan to say in that situation as Punk is just starting to unload mid-press conference that and like I'm trying to get into his headspace of is me stepping in and getting confrontational with my top star with all this media like I'm looking at it from you know he you know he took a just bystander role and I think it's also worth also assessing that CM Punk felt confident and comfortable enough to denigrate these EVPs right in front of Tony Khan. Yeah. Like, there was, like, I know I can do this, and yeah. I'm going to do this, almost like, right in front of the head of this company and just completely insult um, some of his key people that were the building blocks of, of this company. Like, it, it says something that he felt that, that brazen, that he could do something like that in front of his boss. Right. I don't know what the proper, like, thing that he could have said in that wildly, like, unusual situation was. But let's just, like, maybe think about for a second, like, if somebody went on your show, John, like, on a post-wrestling podcast and just went off about me, about, I don't know, like, uh, somebody else who, like, helps you run this thing or just said something that was, like... Like, would you feel... Would you feel the responsibility to cut him off would you feel the responsibility to say something at least in re- re- relation to what that person had said I would um, if, it, if it was you specifically I would um, I would probably be very unprofessional I would probably get very very defensive in that in that moment maybe it's but it, it's 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 maybe that's a bad example if, like, if it was to that extent where it, it's a personal attack um, I can take uh, professional critique, but uh, yeah, but it's it's yeah. also how you want to present yourself. Um, like, like my, my point is, Tony Khan is ultimately responsible for that airtime. Yep. Right. Yep. And should he have stepped in? I get the sense he was just more so like at that point thinking, hey, like people don't like each other. I could use this potentially. You know. Um, I think he was still belie- believing that, or at least that was like in all of this. This these last few weeks, that seems to be the the rebuttal he has that is most accepted by people. Like you can't just explain all of this locker room drama, or you can't defend it, maybe. And yeah. so it's instead, yeah, it's people don't like each other. That's cool. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it, it's it's also like it it brings about the the question of you know do. Does Tony Khan need 
more assistance in, in this, um, a yep. delegation of duties. Like this is somebody that has, it's, it's an unbelievable plate that he has full on a 24 hour basis. And yet when, if, if you're Tony Khan and you're looking at this company, there was a time he wanted to delegate at the start of this company. And what happened? Like within several months, he realized this show is not going the direction I want. Yeah. I need to pull it everything towards me sure. and run the ship and he had great success with that as being the guy that is going to do no. everything but that's from at least to my understanding that was more so creative delegation right like in the early on when AEW began like weren't, weren't guys like Kenny in charge of like the women's division and then like the Bucks were in charge of the, the tag division like wasn't it something like that and that wasn't that the thing that he ended up taking over and the show has been better obviously as a result but we're talking about like you know infrastructure we're talking about you know talent management he just he strikes me as somebody though that is he trusts himself more than anybody and i get that that it's i think that he wants to take on the responsibility when the whole thing with max caster happened what what was his response that i'm gonna have to sit down and go through dark every week and go through the wraps and i'm gonna have to spend my time going through dark myself well again though creatively i i think that's that's that would be within that domain but to manage interpersonal differences, um, you know, they, they do have, like, um, uh, uh, talent... Uh, what is, what is, what's that department called? Um, talent relations. Talent relations. They do have, ta- like, a whole, you know, group now for talent relations. Um, Who their head of talent relations was listed among the suspensions in Christopher right. Daniels. That is right, yeah. So, um, which, which is a, a question in all of this, too, is the role that they saw in Christopher Daniels and Pat Buck. I mean, were um, they, are they just guilty of being in the mix of trying to break things up and it's blanket suspensions because suspensions, um, assume yeah. guilt that, that, that they did something wrong here. And those are two people that are, I, I think there's questions about what was, it, it could be, or could it just be that we want to hold everybody back who is to be investigated as the investigation. And that's possible. On. That, that you is know? a possible reason for it as well. Right. But, but no matter the case, clearly this was a majorly unresolved issue that, that has been going on for a long time now, we've we known from reporting, that, you know, really came to a head at this show, and it probably should have never gotten to this point. So, I mean, these are among the many questions that I think need to be asked about AEW, because it's, it's all made it look very embarrassing. And that seemed to be the vibe. Like, to me, that's the reason why people were booing Tony Khan, is because maybe some letting, some letting him know that, like, you know, you 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 don't have the the reins on this ship. You're letting like you you don't have proper control of this. And I also felt like that it was also why like a Moxley and a Jericho were like called upon to to take a step you know back from vacation just to kind of do the show is because you may also have fans of each side that are just you know blaming him for I want to see these stars on my television as well or that feel. My, my, my guy was right in all of this. Um, you're going to have fans that are divided like that as, as well. Like, they're going to take their side of the story as well, yeah. which is very hard to because I don't think you can properly um, it's uh, assign that. I just, I I don't sense that much, like, pro-punk sentiment right now, you know? I, it, it's, it's certainly skewed the other way, I feel. Um yeah. Not what, what, to say I see a ton of it for, like, Matt, Nick, and, and old Kenny, like, at, at least for their part in the brawl, but, like, 
you know, like what looks to be the instigator, at least the person who's like, you know, been the most forward. I think, I think there's blame that goes around. Like there is no one that comes out of this to me, regardless of your investigation of these past few months, that it's, uh, that there are hands that are not dirty in some, in, in some of this. Like there, there is certainly blame to go around and the ultimate one of like it being allowed to get to this state. Like mm-hmm. to me, Punk doing that promo on Hangman Page a few weeks ago, uncalled for. Like to me, that is you are. That was a wake up. That should have been the wake up. Like that to me was yeah. like this has now permeated our television. Yeah. He took up a minute of television time to air a grievance, mm-hmm. unannounced, mm-hmm. unprepared, unplanned, mm-hmm. and made one of our baby faces look foolish in the process. Mm-hmm. That to me is that's awesome. and, and and the fact that that went through and he like. You're, he's pretty much like coming out of that uns- unscathed. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was your main eventer, like coming into your pay per view, right? I mean, at that point, I wonder what the punishment could have been. You know, with like, you know, the the, the Moxley match on Dynamite, and then like two weeks later for for All Out. But nonetheless, like there was no, not even a rep- reprimand from to, to my knowledge, right? No, I mean, you did have the talent meeting the next week, um, but. In, in terms of a, a punishment, not known. But, um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, a lot to, to you know, the, the, that has to come out right now as far as, like, what the actual punishment will be for the people involved, um, including a steal, of course, and all is the there, other is there a cloud over the show as long as this is going on, that your stars are gone, that this is unresolved? Do you feel that the show can assume its momentum and... Yeah carry forward. I, I think that's what today was largely, you know, when Tony Khan like came on screen, he didn't even make mention of the man's name, any of the people's names, you know, it was uh, simply, yeah, they were not mentioned due to what happened. I have to strip, I have to vacate the, uh, AEW championship and the trios championship. So, I mean, you shut people up, like, or you just make people forget by giving them like good product. And I thought that was the attempt today. You know, you had a show based around like, good wrestling and people like Moxley to take the reins of the of the figurehead leadership on the show by cutting a promo like he did you know are there any uh, before we get to Dynamite are there any lingering questions you have um, that you hope get get answered throughout all of this you mean of the of the fight itself or like um, the the press conference or you mean just like in general about AEW's infrastructure a- any of those yeah, um, I would love to have a bit of clarity about like what the EVP powers actually even mean. You know, mm-hmm. um, questions like you know who exactly leaked information out there. I mean, it seems to be like some consensus around media per- people that like it was not the Bucks who, um, or sorry, not not the Bucks, normal Kenny who might have tipped the media, at least that media about Cavana. No, which or, or I mean, the rumor, it, it's certainly um, like for for Punk to be so adamant in that press conference is what was what was his information that he had that gave him such such uh, clarity uh, yeah. and confidence that that is what happened because uh-huh. uh, you have prominent reporters that are stating that did not happen. Yeah, at yeah. least to them specifically at this point it's like it's so much he said she said like drama that i mean we, we may never really kind of get to the bottom of but it's almost like 
kind of irrelevant. You know, all we all we can talk about is the facts and then the punishment coming off of what we know to be the facts, right? Yep. So um, yeah. So let's get into uh, dynamite as well. While I was uh, um, jotting down the, these these notes as well. So last week we were talking about you know Tony Khan's comment that after Sunday our roster is going to be as strong as it, as it's ever been and taking into account the fact of the suspensions that uh, take out uh, Omega and the Bucks temporarily. Um, and then you have the CM Punk situation, but he's hurt on top of that. You have also got out of action, Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole's still out, Thunder Rosa, Christian, Ruby Soho, uh, who just broke her nose, Chris Statlander, and Alex Reynolds, who they did note on the broadcast tonight, is hurt as well. So... All of a sudden, like, we went from, like, we're on the verge of getting to full strength, and those are, like, they are they are down a lot of a lot of names. I mean, listen, in a sport like this, it, it, it is almost expected to be the norm, isn't it? You know? It'd almost be, like, unusual to have everybody at full strength, you know, everybody back. Um, I, you know, could this just be kind of like a, a byproduct of a growing roster? I mean, stylistically, I don't think the wrestling is that different from what they've been doing for the past three years, right? Yeah. You know, what could I, be done about something yeah, like Yeah, I mean, it's just you're coming off this, like, this terrible run of injuries, and it looked like they were just slowly building everything back, and boom, it's like the dominoes fell again, and now you're, you're down all these, uh, all these names again, and... Yeah. Um, the consistent one is Adam Cole, who now he's been out since Forbidden Door. Um, so, question. Yeah. So, and that's one like you're just not going to be able to put in. And time Kyle O'Reilly, like neck fusion surgery. That's what he's indicated. Yeah. Wow. Which I mean, it's a long time. That's that's going to be a long, long time. So, yeah. uh, very serious one. Uh, so we got to the Key Bank Center, and we did not catch all of Dark. I would say the most notable things are that uh, Buddy Matthews and Brody King did a tag match with Julia Hart in their corner. No Malachi Black. And then there was also uh, Hikaru Shida won her match. Ryan Nemeth uh, and taking on John Silver. And then uh, the last match saw QT Marshall come out with the factory and run down Buffalo, stating this is the one city I said we should never come to. And that prompts the Butcher and the Blade to come out to a giant pop. And along with the, the Bunny, they're in Buffalo Sabres jerseys, super baby faces, and they beat the factory. So a, a nice uh, moment for them and putting them over in the main event of Dark Elevation. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was the most significant thing on the show is just to kind of see the hometown reaction to those three. And uh, it, it, it's, it was wonderful to see. Sure. Any, uh, anything else from the tapings that... From Dark Elevation, th- those were the only we, we, we saw the last four matches uh, on it. I guess uh, th- there were several that we, that we missed earlier, but those will be airing on on Monday. Dynamite had a Tony Schiavone, Excalibur, and Taz out for the whole two hours, and then they saved Jim Ross for Rampage. Yes, yes. Do you find any of that interesting? The fact that he called half the pay per view, which is unusual, and um. I mean, he was, like, already being saved for Rampage for a bit, and but then he came back. Wait, no, because, no, before he was, he was being he, saved for been, half of Dynamite. Yeah, they've been mixing it up all over the place, so I don't know if you read anything into that beyond um, just how Jim Ross has been. Like, there's been some where he's done um, half of Dynamite and all of Rampage. There's some where he's done 
all of Dynamite, all of Rampage. It seems like it, yeah. it changes based on the week. This week, um, he was just doing Rampage. But I would say, like, in in light of everything that has happened, um, does Tony Khan, like, take a, a different approach when, like, everyone saw, like, those comments Jim Ross made going into the pay-per-view about the main event, about the length of the show, and do you want your lead announcer going out and criticizing the build-up for your main events and the length of your shows. And again, that goes to, like, kind of this establishing, like, putting your foot down. Like, we are not going to have people go out there and not promote the company and and take take aim at it and criticize. Like, I, I will appreciate the honesty if that's what he believes, which I'm oh. sure he does. But at the same time, if you are the company, do you want your lead announcer out there doing that? Right, right. Um... I think AEW was created with, like, a lot of um, authenticity in mind. And, and a lot of leeway for people. A lot of leeway. A lot of, I think, um, like, no no bullshitting, you know? Like, when people are, are, are do... When members of the staff do interviews, when Tony Khan... Maybe not Tony Khan, but, like, when when people do interviews that are a part of AEW, I, I think... they I don't necessarily think that they want them to bullshit and just always toe the company line. Um, in this instance, I, I I was in agreement with what Jr. had to say, but you know, did it make him? Was it a was it a was it offensive for him as an employee to be so blunt? Maybe about the the problems of the show. I'm not sure. Can you do that while at the same time like promoting yourself as sort of like you know, um, like are getting your talented to like be truthful in it? Are they trying to censor talent from being truthful? I I, th- I think it comes down to where, um, you know, is this? But well, we don't know. We're only speculating that this could even be. Possible. Oh yeah, certainly. Right? Like th- this could be. It, it, it could, could be, be coincidental. Yeah. And yeah, and, and that's something like you have to contend with. Like when you send your talent out there, like if you are, if they find your, you know, fault with your product, are you comfortable in them being uh, critical and? I think that Tony Khan overall, I think he is open to criticism, but it's it's also like you're also selling uh, a pay-per-view. And if you're if, if you were Tony Khan reading that the day before, um, what is your reaction? That, and that's a question for him. Right. Maybe he's completely fine with that. Um, Tony Khan did start off the show and it was a, it was a message on the screen. He did not come out in front of the audience, although he did later and announcing that the AEW is uh, the AEW title is vacant, as is the trios title, and the trios title would be decided with the Death Triangle versus Orange Cassidy and Best Friends match that had already been announced. And they did explain on television that the reason Hangman Page, Silver, and Reynolds are not in the match after losing Sunday's final is because Reynolds is injured. So yeah. they did give an explanation it for that. Sense. And Hangman Page would be in the tournament that was going to start tonight, the Tournament of Champions. Yeah. So they would do Danielson against Hangman on Dynamite. Sammy Guevara against Darby on Rampage. And then next week, the winner's going on to take on Jericho in one bracket and John Moxley in the other bracket and the finals in two weeks at Grand Slam at Arthur Ashe Stadium. Yes, that is right, yeah. And that meant we were going to get Brian Danielson versus Hangman Page announced at the start of the show. Yes, yeah. for the second hour. And we will get to that. But as the announcements are made about the titles, MJF comes out announcing... The devil is back, and he comes out in a Buffalo Bills jersey, and he is just being the ultimate smarmy 
baby face. Like yeah. so disingenuous, but I thought he was terrific. In the and this audience was just eating it up. They were like, Oh yeah. He bought a Bill's jersey. Yeah. He's family. Yeah, exactly. In he comes and he says, You know, last time I was here I said some offensive stuff. You all know I was just kidding. I love AEW. 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 He deserves the title, uh, but he learned to work smart, not hard. And I've got this chip I can cash in at any time I want. And we, you might think that we're in dark times, but we need leadership. And he is better than Moses when it comes to parting the seas and leading people to the promised land. So with that, John Moxley comes out to interrupt and tells MJF, you're full of crap. And MJF just instantly snaps out of it. He takes off the Bills jersey. He insults the city and tells Moxley he went to sleep on Sunday, making the go-to-sleep gesture. And so they can't even mention the name Punk, you know? No, it sounds like his name was never used. It it was taboo just to make a reference to go-to-sleep. Yes. So... He, MJF explains he's going to win the title and then he's going to use it as a bargaining chip for the bidding war of 2024. And he's going to take it to a real company with real fans, the same place where Cody went and work for a real boss, the real con, jolly old St. Nick. And I'll do what Paul says. And that's what's best for business. I didn't imagine like I'd be watching a Dynamite a week ago where the words or the names uh, Cody Rhodes and Nick Khan could be heard but not CM Punk so they're going with the story of MJF wants to go to WWE yeah yeah um yeah whereas I think you know in the past you maybe got some real sense that like that was somehow going to take place somehow MJF some, might, might be able to actually negotiate out of his contract now we recognize it's it's a full like character and a gimmick and a story, um, and I think that's totally fine. It's it's still wildly entertaining. We were wondering if like MJF would be at this point a full on babyface, and the answer is no. I think he played with that expectation, but uh, I think very clearly early on tonight you saw that he was going to be a straight up heel, and it makes you almost wonder if um, Moxley is going to assume the role of you know his next program or if it's simply the winner of this tournament. Is, do you feel it's enough of a home base audience at these AEW shows that the threat of going to WWE is as hated of, a, of an act or a threat as it was six months ago, where that's a yeah. heel act when WWE is sort of being the cool company now. It's the hot company to a lot of fans. They, yes, but they are still very much the establishment. Um, and I, I think people, you know, there's still a real underdog spirit to AEW that, you know, when a heel like MJF puts it in the way that he puts it, there's not going to people that, you know, will, will ever cheer for WWE that have paid money to go to see an AEW show, you know? Yeah, I, I think it's a story that I, I don't know how I feel about it right now. I would really hope that they've got this extension for MJF and that... Um, you're gonna plug. You're gonna push this story as a main event story all year. That he might leave to the bigger company, and then he could really go to the bigger company after. So, yeah, um, possible. And that's that's obviously a, a huge part of all of this. Is what that um, 
because MJF seemed pretty adamant he was not going to sign any extension until the end. But um, that that is a big question. He was challenged to a fight by Moxley, and then he backed down to the fight. So he's left with Moxley alone in the ring, and Moxley cut the rallying the troops speech. Wow. This was an That's unbelievable awesome. uh, promo yeah. from Moxley. He says he's pissed off, he's embarrassed, and then he explained what the AEW title means to him. It represents the heroes that got them through during the pandemic. It represents the dream of what wrestling can be, the freedom to be as great as you want to be, and everything he loves about this business. He puts over all the different guys in the tournament and says that the ace always wants to take the shot, and he's the ace, and it's time to be a legend. This was... um, there was some great wrestling in the second hour. I think this was the most memorable part of Dynamite. And, Agreed. Uh, one of one of Moxley's great promos, and um, he is like I, I think this was another level of a guy who is typically a home run promo. Uh, exactly as he said. I think he is the he is absolutely the ace, and he completely proved it over the course of the past week. I mean, I said last week I felt like Moxley was a better promo than maybe even Punk was, and. I, I think Punk would have like if Punk was in this situation, he would have done a great rally and cried promo. But man, like Moxley has the credibility to actually back it up, the track record as an AEW original to be able to back it up, you know. Um, and and, I, and it really to me was also um, very effective to have the guy that it's that this guy like it just comes through like this guy loves being in this company. Yeah. Like it is, and that's something they need right now. I, I feel, and he probably conveys it more than anyone. Like, He's also a, the guy who does not care about all the pol- politic and bullshit, and just wants to wrestle. He loves it so much. He's willing to like you know bleed for like I don't know fifty people in a crowd on a weekend in the middle of like nowhere you know small town. Um, he's every bit I think you know the person that this company should be hinging their personality on right now. And I thought tonight's speech was so important, really. I, I think it's a it, it just seems like the logical final in this is Danielson and Moxley at Arthur Ashe Stadium oh. and I don't think there's a bad choice of who yeah. you go with there yeah. could be the argument that you want something new and fresh and uh-huh. Danielson is new and fresh yep. Moxley I I am not going to complain if they go right back to Moxley I think he I, I he, do yeah I wonder if there's renewed interest in Moxley coming out of this I think like, there is hmm. like he got into a situation as interim champion where it just felt like you're just holding this belt. Like, the guy could not have had a better run as interim champion yeah. that it got to the point of people were like, "We can, you can run with this. This guy has just over-delivered and then some. Um, but I also think, like, Danielson as champion, it's, it's something they could go to at any different time, and it'll be fresh, it'll be invigorating. Is it something he, you can go to at any time, though? Like, are you saying, like, they could delay the Danielson run no I think maybe now is the time yeah now probably is the time to do it I think it's fresher you know in terms of matchups because like yeah we've already had two Moxley runs um having a Danielson headline pay-per-views I might might make for more appealing fresher matchups yeah yeah I mean he he would be my my pick uh to win this and I think him and Moxley like there's a reason to do this uh in in the in the tournament which was probably what we were going to end up getting last year in the uh, the Eliminator Tournament. Right. Okay, yeah. At that point. Mm-hmm. If I'm remembering all the bracketing. I'm, it's been so long, man. I'll take your word for it. So, a great, great promo from 
uh, Moxley. Yeah. Death Triangle against the uh, Best Friends and Orange Cassidy to determine the trio's champions. Uh, Chuck did a big dive off of the stage. Uh, Phoenix hit, uh, did, did a, uh, where, my writing is atrocious. <laughs> there was a, there, even you, you there was a the dude time. buster attempt onto Phoenix by, uh, by Trent, and then stopped by uh, double super kicks. Orange Cassidy got involved. They uh, hit triple super kicks and destroyers to the best friends and Orange Cassidy. And then Phoenix with the double stomp into a package pile driver. Both Lucha Brothers with dives, and it left Chuck on the mat to take the Black Arrow, and Pac pinned him. So Pac and the de- uh, the Death Triangle members, trios champions, and now Pac holds two titles. The first person to hold double AEW championships, not, you know, one from yeah. other, plus other promotions. So, um, uh, you know, I, I gotta say, like, it's I still find it really hard for me to, like, pay as active attention in person to wrestling as I can watching on TV, so apologies if I don't have that much to say about, like, the actual matches. Um, but it was spectacular, you know, about as spectacular as you would expect, and I think as a choice for your trio's champions, I, I truly feel like Death Triangle, I'm actually... Yeah, if it wasn't going to be the elite, it would it would be that team. I mean, know? match quality wise, yeah. this is a pretty pretty solid number two plan. Absolutely, yeah. No, they're they're. I mean, the, the belts are pretty much perfect on them. So, yeah. Jose was in the back, the translator, and they're trying to sign Preston Vance. Dark Order kicks him out, and then Andrade and Roosh uh, they, they popped up into the scene as well. Uh, we had a shot from after All Out where. Britt Baker was trying to apologize to Jamie Hayter after uh, after getting involved with Jamie Hayter and costing her the match. Tony Storm and Penelope Ford for the interim championship. Um, they had a nice match for for the time that they had. This was like a uh, pretty uh, pretty big spotlight for Penelope Ford to get. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't know what the time was here, but it felt like about eight nine minutes and uh, ended with Tony Storm hitting the hip attack and got the win, defending the interim championship yeah. but not a sign of sort of a, a program for Tony Storm coming out of this it just felt like it was a title defense and coming off the pay-per-view I think you need a bit of an establisher you know just to make her look strong mm-hmm. um, there was certainly a noticeable lack dip in like you know crowd energy for this one and there is less star power in Tony Storm and Penelope Ford than there is in John Moxley maybe even the trios um, however, like, I I feel like somebody like a Penelope Ford could have at least used a little bit of, like, airtime before, like this. Because, like, what was she on Rampage? She is not. I, I, I she, can't remember. I feel like she was on Rampage, and then, like, it's just, like, you know, like, I mean, but this wasn't all that important of a match is, is all I'm saying. Like, yeah, it was just, she had like, just come back recently. It's too. a showcase for Tony Storm. So I think the, ex- the dip in energy is to be expected. The Acclaimed came out, and Max Caster, listen, and... The crowd went nuts. They went nuts. Dude, yeah. The Acclaimed has... They have Started elevated themselves to the time. next level yeah. after Sunday. And they get cut off by Swerve Strickland. There was no Keith Lee. And Swerve comes out yeah. and cuts him off and tells him it's enough of your stupid, corny rap jokes. And he was hated by this audience for depriving them of yeah. the rap, which is such a great... 
um, spot because every city gets excited about this rap. And I would say that on tonight's show, after the pay-per-view and all oh, the More drama, so than any other week. Yeah. It was actually very smart because very. for Max Caster, I am sure they do not want him rapping about it. But if he doesn't address it, it's like he's Great avoiding heat. it. Yeah. And it was actually very, very well thought out to make this week one where he doesn't do the rap. And it doesn't make him look like he's avoiding the hot subject. The person that benefits the most from all of this is Swerve. Yes. Who felt like one of the bigger heels of the evening because he cut this rap off, particularly tonight. And so, um, you know, I, I, I do believe like this was probably in the works before, but it seems like they are splitting Swerve and Lee as heel and babyface. Do you get that same sense? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Like that was the the idea at the end when Keith yeah. Lee offered to scissor and Swerve was just shaking <laughs> his head. And they kind of kept it up at the press conference as well. Like these are two guys that like they have this chemistry together, but they have very diametrically opposed views. Yeah. I think I think this team has like they have really kind of found their footing, and I think yep. this past weekend really was that turning point for the, not yeah. just the acclaim, but also for Swerve in our glory. I thought Swerve was great at the press conference. They were very good. I enjoyed them a lot in the, their, their press conference setting. Yeah. Um, His personality is just like Just, really... just the total opposites. Like, Keith Lee doesn't, like, go on the internet, and yeah. Swerve is like, I listen to everyone's podcasts. I know everything you say yeah. about me. All you motherfuckers on the internet... All you want to talk about is how we don't, we shouldn't be the champions. You know, how it should be this team, how it should be this team. Like, and it was like, it, it was played great. into like the, like you had the, the questions about like, should they have called an audible and stuff like yeah. that? Like I, yeah. I thought they played off it really well. The, yeah. Swerve is getting set to like, I mean, he's already been elevated, honestly, but like, yeah, this whole cluster between the acclaimed and Lee and Swerve, like these next few weeks, I, I hope they get all the airtime in the world because all the buildup to this Grand Slam match is going to be. Like it's it's go it could be the highlight. I feel like they this made is, a bet, but like they made you a bet. told me two weeks ago they're going to do this match uh, rematch at Grand Slam. Like I, I'll be honest, like going into the pay per view, I knew it'd be a fine match, but it was nothing that was standing out for me. Yeah. And now yeah. it's like I'm really looking forward to this rematch with like however many thousands that they're going to have by by the time um, the numbers are official for Arthur Ashe. Yeah. Like the acclaimed, it's going to be huge for them. Yeah. Um, very well you can get a title change on that show it's possible yeah it makes me wonder if they might even main event you know like it feels like a hot program yeah, yeah. so um, I'm, I'm really excited about Swerve you know and, and, and even like the, the dynamic with Keith Lee how do they continue that you know while making one heel, heel one baby face yeah uh, Billy Gunn just said it's daddy's ass daddy ass's house now and yeah they just built up the match for two weeks from now September 21st as well as announcing that Matt Menard and Angelo Parker will take on Hook and Action Bronson and yes. this might be the um, this promo that we watched you know, these see. two together which was Action Bronson cutting a promo and Hook just looking at the camera these two have something together this will probably be the people's main event quite honestly yeah um and they, and they got four hours because they're doing a two-hour rampage that week as well with uh, at Arthur Ashe. The little throw that he did on Sunday, like, I thought looked very legitimate, you know? I'm very excited to see him inside the ring. Um, it's going to be so weird <laughs> seeing Action Bronson in a wrestling ring. Um, but, like, he looked... They look like a legitimate team, don't they? <laughs> like, you have the skinny guy who's very technical, and you have the big powerhouse in Action Bronson. So Th I'm this actually, guy cut a good promo. Like, these, these do have something as, like, dude, a, rap, a duo. Rap is, like, pro wrestling without the physical stuff. And, yeah, like, it requires big personalities to talk trash, and he clearly can do that already. 
the Jericho Appreciation Society. This, this was a weird segment. So Jericho, um, who it, it, it was reported by the, uh, the Wrestling Observer that Jericho and Moxie were not originally scheduled for tonight's show. Um, this would have been quite the show without Moxley on it and... Uh, and, and Jericho had, like, a, a presence on it. And Rampage, too. Jericho was Yeah, Jericho did the commentary on Rampage. So Jericho said that he found the Fountain of Youth, and I'm drinking it in, man. So bringing back that catchphrase. He is now the best wrestler and the best sports entertainer ever. This is my company, my title, my locker room, and no one is taking it away, Ever. So that was uh, a... I like it. Like, nice sort of subtle reference. Yeah. This is my locker room and no one is taking it away ever. Um, And then he noted that next week he's going to take on Brian Danielson. Now, this was before Brian Danielson's match with Hangman Page. And I have to question if this was... This was a tape promo. If this was supposed to air after the Danielson match and before Garcia's main event. That's the only thing that makes sense. It's how I think it came across um, to us and seemingly like the internet as well. Like I have to imagine this was probably some sort of timing screw up. Because it's such an easy promo of I'm either going to face the guy I beat on Sunday or the guy who I beat to become the champion in the first place. Yep. At the very first all out. Two guys I've beaten at all out. Yeah. In Cage and Danielson. No, certainly unfortunate because... Everyone noted this. It's like he gave out the main event, and it's how it turned out. Wardlow and Tony Nese, three powerbombs. He pinned Tony Nese. And then uh, he goes to powerbomb Mark Sterling when Josh Woods makes the save. And Wardlow gets on the microphone and says that he's been looking on the internet, and people have been saying that his momentum is lost. And Wardlow is the TNT champion. And it's time to remind everyone it's Wardlow's world. Yeah. I get the, like, there is that kind of dominant talk about Wardlow. I mean, he's kind of even brought it up in that Stephanie Chase interview. I mean, he said the same thing pretty much. Um, I do feel in the body of your show when you're watching this, this is a champion I watched destroy everybody. And then I'm hearing him explain that I've lost, people think I've lost my momentum. That makes no sense when I, when my head is, in the program that I'm watching. And it's like, I don't know. It, it I, was to me, it was like, we're going too outside the lines of what I'm watching versus this <laughs> well, reality that exists uh, I, in a scripted pro wrestling I show. think they made it very clear that like, you know, in order to follow the AEW product, not only do you need to watch Dynamite, not only should you be watching Rampage, um, you should also maybe be watching Dark. But you also have to be reading Twitter and message boards and Reddit and, you know, all these podcasts. Like, being an internet wrestling fan is sort of like a requirement, you know, if you're to get into AEW. I don't dislike the idea of somebody, like, making reference to, like, the reality of, like, what their where their career is right now. I don't like it for Wardlow, though, because to me, he comes across like a guy who should be, like... He's the last guy I want internet. to hear start a promo with, I've been reading on the internet. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't want to picture Wardlow on his computer, like, you know, like, on a message board. Like, he should be way cooler than that, right? Yeah. So... Maybe, yeah, maybe not. And, and man, like Wardlow's world has to go. That is a you have not been a fan terrible. of that. You Are you? That up Do you like times. it? Um, it's sound is just alliteration. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it was a, it was an odd promo afterwards. Um, and Dan- I think I think the act is kind of wearing thin too. You know, like I think so too. Like the thing is, it it gets over in the moment. But I do think like that to me ever since the MJF win 
in May, I think everyone was ready for that is the end of this chapter and now it's on to the next one and we haven't moved on to what that next chapter is. Yeah. The MGF thing was great because in the end, like, there was something to lead to. Like, you you wanted to see this guy get his hands on this guy. Since then, Wardlow's just been kind of aimless. I mean, yeah, Sutton Singh, but, like, who cares? Who cares about that? And they've kind of gone away from that, at least. Like, that was not teased at the pay-per-view like any... Like working towards that power bomb spot, it's. Um, I mean, maybe they'll revisit it. To me, that's the only value of Sutton Singh right now is him taking, taking a bomb, power bomb from Wardlow. Brian Danielson and Hangman Page. They went about twenty-three minutes, and uh, Page came out. And I guess like people were noticing some boost for Hangman. I did not find it to be significant um, if the, if there were, but I, I guess like there there were some for him because it was noted from people. Uh, and Regal was out on commentary. Really nice match that these two had. Um, some highlights here was uh, Paige, uh, his arm was snapped on the apron. That prompted Danielson to work on it. They just lit one another up with chop after chop after chop, and they went to this several times. Um, there was a backdrop off the top, and Paige landed on his feet. Danielson goes to the lapel lock, and he's gr- grinding his nose, like putting his fingers like right in the nose, the, uh, the BCC specialty. Um, the Busaiku gets caught with the dead eye by Paige, only gets a two count, and then Paige misses with the moonsault. The Busaiku knee lands, but Paige rolls to the floor, and then he catches a dive, apron bombs Danielson, and from there proceeds to hit the Orihara moonsault, rolls Danielson into the ring, and as he's setting up for the finish, it's Danielson who rolls him up with an O'Connor roll with the bridge, pinning Hangman Paige. Um, I thought this match was terrific that the two had, and... Um, you know, they, they have had a series of great matches over the last year, but this was, you know, for a match that no one was expecting coming in, it was like the, the second hour was just the strong wrestling hour between this and the, the main event for the pure title. It was quite the nice surprise to walk into. And, um, I, you know, maybe there's some thinking from Tony Khan in booking a nice surprise like this to try to get people to stop talking about the other, other stuff that's been going on with your company, you know, um, I, I, it's a type of match that I think I would have enjoyed a lot more, like, watching on TV, just given, like, some of the technical aspects of it, um, but the atmosphere was tremendous for it. Yeah, I, I, I thought this was, uh, very, very strong. Stokely came out with his new group of W. Morrissey, The Gun Club, Ethan Page, and Lee Moriarty, but there was no affiliation with MJF on this show. Right. Do you take that to be permanent, or is it just the fact that MJF had to do one segment and he wasn't going to come out for two segments? Because it would have might have taken away from. I guess I, I just think for week one, if you're going to be like the leader of this group, like I I don't know if I'd want them separate on this unless they're not going to be working together. And I think that group loses a lot if MJF is not with them. I sense that he's still affiliated and just didn't necessarily come out for this segment. Um, is it the best like should MJF have come out with all of them for the first segment for instance but then you couldn't have done the Moxley stuff could you then, then maybe you don't put Stokely's group out there like you really you you made a decision to present them without MJF so yeah I, I mean it's, it'll be interesting uh, obviously like uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see either he's with the group or he's not um, and then um, there was a production assistant who is actually a, a Grappler's Anonymous student 
who uh, they decimated and destroyed, ending with a W. Morrissey boot. So, uh, what did you think about W. Morrissey's follow-up after week one last week? Well, all I saw on Twitter was everybody talking about how beautiful his hair was. Uh, it was, it was, it flowing. was luscious. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, very impressive. Okay. So, um, you know, I like it. No, he's clearly like the big sort of a feature. He's got the look, and yeah. you know, he, he he worked hard in, in Impact. So I'm. I'm fine with giving giving a chance. There's Absolutely. there's a lot of guys there that uh, you would want to see get a chance, and they're all pretty much in this group that you're. Uh, yeah, the group is at. an interesting mix. You know, I think it's a good mix. You know, you have the powerhouse and sorry, like the big you know giant Morrissey. You have your tag team, obnoxious like tag team in the, the Gun Club. Um, you have your technical wrestler in Lee Mori- Moriarty. And then Ethan Page, you have... Like, Ethan Page is interesting, because to me, like, his role... That's a lot of good talkers that you have. Yeah. Between Stokely, potentially MJF, and Ethan Page. Page's role is kind of similar to MJF's, except, like, he will far less famous. Um, And so I hope he doesn't necessarily get lost. So, yeah. Um, What's happened to Scorpio Sky? With uh, Ethan Fuck, you're right. What happened there? For that matter, like, where's uh, Sean Spears? Like, what's his association with that MJF? Yeah. What about Stokely with the baddies? Like we did get the baddies promo on Rampage. No yeah, Stokely. You're right. Like, I do think you need to tie up some of those yes. loose ends of like people that are. It's fine. Okay, if we're leaving a group, but I think you kind of have to establish it because you have people that have been part of like multiple groups, and it's just like yeah, it's very hard to keep track of all of these people. Agreed. So, uh, they, they announced the matches for Rampage, and then the main event, Wheeler, Yuta, and Daniel Garcia, uh, ROH pure rules, so they did have judges. I don't think they identified them to the crowd. I saw Matt Seidel was one, but I, I didn't catch who the other two judges were. Uh, but Daniel Garcia's entrance, uh, he is joined by Westside Gunn, who rapped to the ring. From Buffalo. From Buffalo, and had also bought, like, the first couple of rows on the in the front row. On the hard camera side. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there you go. I, I always like when they do this kind of stuff for an entrance to make it seem special and to kind of telegraph the win. But like it's that's, that's what fine. you should do. It's that's like fine. it's Sean coming down the uh, you know zip line like at WrestleMania 12. You know, yeah. Um, to me, it was like this crowd. They were so into Daniel Garcia, and it was like, man, they just want to pop. And you knew you were going to get it at the end. Uh, chance of your wrestler uh, singing for Daniel Garcia. Um, we see an early rope break by Garcia, and then Yuta is like he's acting heelish here with like uh, his, his kicks to the head. Uh, we get rolling Germans from each. Uh, Garcia hit a German off the second turnbuckle, uh, dropping Yuta on the mat, and then followed with a superplex. They then got into a slap fest on their knees and then to their feet, and it just picked up and up and up, and they were just drilling one another. A big chance of Garcia, and then he goes for the sharpshooter. Yuta gets the rope break, which is his first, and then he gets a warning for a closed fist. Uh, Garcia goes back to the sharpshooter. Yuta turns it into a crossface, but then Garcia reverses, and for the third time gets the sharpshooter, and this time he's just bending back and back, and finally Yuta taps, place goes nuts, and then Yuta is just so disappointed. Brian Danielson walks down to the ring, and Yuta kind of like shoves Danielson, and it's Danielson that takes the belt and puts it around Daniel Garcia's waist. So he gets his hero uh, anointing him, the new ROH Pure Champion. And then Jericho comes out looking all upset because Jericho had said earlier that they are not going to help Garcia. He's got to do this all on his own. And he did it. He did it all without the help of Jericho and the Appreciation Society. Mm-hmm. 
And presumably upset because, you know, I mean, he's supposed to be his mentor. He was probably going to be the one to put the belt on him. And instead, here's his rival in Brian Danielson, who's a, a former peer champion himself, um, doing it. So it it was a very significant part of the, you know, Daniel Garcia journey. And tonight, I mean, really cemented him, at least for now, as a big, big baby face. Yeah, I, I thought it was great what they did with him in yeah. Buffalo. And, yeah, with the stuff with Danielson. And it also sets up for next week. Like, you have Jericho and Danielson. You could see, like... Garcia coming down ringside and whose corner is he in? Who is he with now? He's like caught right in the middle yeah. and you're led to believe like, is he going to defect from, you know, the, the Jericho left him to his own and he succeeded without him. Yeah. And does he need the, the Jericho appreciation society anymore? So oh, lots what, of ways you could go. It's a, it's a good story. That and how active going. of a champion is Garcia going to be as, as a pure champion? You know, like, um, I feel like you'd, uh, um, you know, had some, a number of defenses. A lot of them were on dark, I believe, or at least some of them. Um, and like, I think like what, from what I saw, like he was very good, but like, you know, does he coming off of it? Does he, he had some great moments, but I, I don't necessarily know if it was like a title that really kind of broke him through any sort of like mm-hmm. major level. It could it be different for Garcia. Like it could the pure title be a more significant part of the show with him as champion. Yeah, it, it's hard to say. Like, we could, we could make a list of guys that um, you, you would hope that can get that kind of focus, but uh, sometimes it's it's very difficult um, when you're trying to fit all these. Just just the champions. I mean, a lot of these ROH titles are just they just, just kind of feel like props. You know, certainly that's the case for Joe, who's been so inactive with, with his women's championship. I Like, that's missing. Um and then you have Claudio with the with the with the world title, which is I guess more active, but not on the main shows. So after Dynamite ended, uh, that's when Garcia gave a speech to the crowd, very brief, but he said "Go Bills." It was yeah. really nice. Like, yeah, that's where he talked about you know we... wished us all a safe drive home. <laughs> he said, "What? Have a safe drive home. Stay for Rampage." Yes. <laughs> yes. Have a safe drive home. At least an hour from now. Um, Rampage, we're not going to go over because we're going to review it on Friday. Um, but I would say I, I thought it was like the, Guevara and Darby had a very good match. I thought Claudio and Dax had an excellent match. And I'm actually looking forward to rewatching that on, on the broadcast um, to see. Like they, they had the work for that crowd. Like it was definitely a come down after Dynamite that, yeah. uh, that hour had to deal with. Yeah, yeah, it's a tough spot. I mean, because, you know, that's when people are leaving and, and everything. So the main event on Rampage is, it's a, it's the spot I actually have a lot more respect for after seeing, you know, the, the turnaround. And, but. dude, Moxley gave an awesome speech. Dax gave, like, an equally incredible one afterwards. Yeah. And that's not spoiling anything, by the way, because they both gave speeches after the... Yeah, I don't think the Dax thing is going to air on TV. Oh, okay. I think that was after the Okay, so let's talk about it. So we won't reveal the the winner, but, like, both Claudio and Dax spoke afterwards. Yeah, Claudio just put over Dax as, like, a guy that loves wrestling as much, if not more, than me. And really, um, you know, just gave his full endorsement of Dax Harwood. And then Tony Khan is also out in the ring. And Dax just gets on the mic. He says, listen, I'm a guy from North Carolina. You don't even. You probably don't even understand what I'm saying, but you cheer anyway, and it doesn't matter because we all love wrestling. And I, I've got to wake up at 4 a.m. tomorrow, but it's okay because you all have to go to work tomorrow too. And the crowd booed. No, we don't want to have to be reminded about work. He's like, my bad, my bad. But you know what, y'all 
are no different than me. We are all the same. The only difference is I get to talk to the people that I perform for and tell them how important they are and why I do this. It's for my daughter you got to see on Sunday and for my wife as well. And I love y'all. It was just like... That's a very great recap. I, wow, I'm I doing like, this all off memory. Yeah, but it was, it, was, it was a very easy speech to remember. Like, dude, the guy is just... He's a terrific baby. He's a great closing promo. And maybe, great. maybe that's why Claudio threw it to him. He's nice like, you close this thing. Yeah, <laughs> he was great. And then uh, Tony Khan came out and he was the true closer, Tony Khan. Uh, yeah, he, th- he thanked Dax for his, his love of wrestling. And um, yeah, just, thanked us for watching all the great wrestling. Yes, and that was that was the sign off, and that was it. That was that was Rampage. So yeah, we'll do a more thorough review of Rampage when we watch it on Friday, uh, along with SmackDown and uh, the latest as well on what happens over these next few days, if not weeks, um, because I think all of the attention is still going to be on on AEW. Yeah. But before we sign off, as the uh, the the road trip, uh, we are this is timing out really well. Yeah, it's, like it's actually timing out perfectly. Eight minutes from my house. So. Yes. So we are going to go to the feedback thread. So I will read this um, out of uh, safety and precaution for everybody. We have a, a bunch here. So uh, thank you to Jake for throwing up the thread. Uh, we'll start with, uh, with Dan. I thought Tony Khan and AEW handled the situation perfectly, and I can't imagine whatever they were planning to do with Punk versus MJF would have been better than what they presented tonight. Two back-to-back promo of the years, three killer matches, and a great build to the New York show. The irony of it all was watching Dynamite made me forget about the backstage drama. Well, that was... That's I'm not sure, ironic at all. I think that was very much the intent. I'm sure that was the goal tonight, and I don't know if this uh, puts everything in the rearview mirror, but it was, it was definitely a show to... Really, it, it was a statement about, hey, we're we're moving forward, and, and we don't need these four people to put on. There was show. sort of that that subtext to the show. Saeed from Vancouver. I know a lot of people weren't happy with Tony not going out there to make the announcement, but I had no issue with it. Felt like it was a bit. Did you think the booze were because he was not there in the arena? I I uh, think I it was just so. a reaction because dude, it was the second he was on that screen. I don't think it was whether he was in the ring. I think if he had come out, it was going to be the same reaction. Um, you know, he, he's taken a lot of, of grief this week. Uh, I know a lot of people weren't happy with Tony not going out there to make the announcement, but I had no issue with it. Felt like it was a very enjoyable show. The crowd was hot. The only hiccup was them playing the Jericho promo segment early and spoiling the result of Danielson versus Hangman. I have to imagine that was an error mm-hmm. um, and and out of Jericho's control. But yeah, I'm, I'm fortunate because that was very notable. Glad they now take turns announcing matches and giving Excalibur a break. Oh, okay. So look at that. Mox is just on another level. That promo was amazing. Promo of the year so far. Give that man the belt forever. All right. Cody from Maine. A straightforward back-to-basics edition of Dynamite was exactly what the doctor ordered for AEW. And while they didn't fully shrug off the controversy surrounding the company after the past few days, I have no complaints outside of the opening five minutes. I watched Dynamite Weekly with my fiancé, who had never watched wrestling prior to our relationship. She finally started to get it and began to watch along with Punk's return last year. She was beyond confused as to why Punk and the Elite were stripped of their titles at the start of the show. Justifiably, as there wasn't really an explanation. So I had to go into the details of what happened. I'm sure you covered it, but if not, do you think there was a better way to handle that address, given there were reasons to have a walking on eggshells approach and that there still appears to be the concern over pending legal issues? Did Tony Khan hit the mark with his statement? Thanks, as always, for the show. Safe drive back home. Hmm. I can see that argument that this happened on a very public AEW press conference and 
Everyone knows the story. I'm sure there's but, but, trepidation. But, the press conf- but he's not being suspended because of the press conference. You're right. Um, and the elite are not being stripped because of the press conference. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're right. That was sort of the, the beginning of the issues on, on Sunday. I Part of me believes that you did need to address it in a, in a more straightforward manner. Um, whether it be... Obviously, he did not even want to go to the extent of saying we do not condone any of the actions that occurred. He didn't even say their names, did he? No. Um, he took a very um, non-confrontational way uh, of doing it, other than the titles are stripped, which um, the AEW title was going to have to be regardless um, yep. because of the injury. So, yeah, so I, I can see that as a complaint that people have of, like, you know, addressing... What like, should the they have said? What should they have said, though? Do um, the recent controversies but then you got to get into the controversies you know it's like, hard it's hard and do you go out there and you give a it's kind of all or nothing like you have yeah to, like you have to go out there and you either are going all in and you're going are you labeling what everyone happened. the same yeah. are they a steal through a chair and bit kenny omega like yeah. do you go that deep do you, you know but I, you've assigned suspensions at this part right so you've already taken that step again you have found a reason for them not to be present at your show Right, but uh, you know, again, AEW has always operated. I mean, it was a company born off of a YouTube web show, right? Like, so they're very much continue. They continue to operate on the assumption that most of the audience does know, and if you don't know, then maybe you'll have to go on Twitter to really figure out the rest. It's a big enough story that I feel like they could run with that and and be okay, you know. And I I feel sorry for unfortunately your uh, significant other who, you know, thankfully she has you to keep her up. Jordan from the Bronx, the fallout from the media scrum turned scrap, has resulted in AEW making a definitive statement. By not attaching the interim tags to the New World and Trios champions, it shows that they're moving on from the Elite and Punk on screen for the time being. Yeah, that 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 is a notable point. They're not doing interim titles. And you just did interim. Like, you can't. Yeah. And you got another interim championship already. Right. Um, we now have AEW's first double champion, Tupac. I'll see myself <laughs> out. Very nice, Jordan. Excellent. This episode felt like a soft reboot. The tag title rematch at Grand Slam feels like the audible that everyone was suggesting should have happened at All Out. MJF cut a great promo as a returning babyface and a returning heel within five minutes. Moxie's promo was a needed rallying cry, and I'm sure many of his co-workers uh, wanted to hear. It sucks that his vacation was ruined. I can't imagine what that phone call sounded like on Monday. As a New Yorker who is a hip-hop and wrestling fan, Westside Gun playing Daniel Garcia to the ring in Buffalo is a big deal. Love the main event being between two young guys who were former unknowns on Dark a year ago. I would love it if Garcia ultimately proclaims himself as the pure sports entertainment champion. Overall, a much-needed show coming out of Sunday's Insanity. Who do you see winning the world title at Grand Slam? My sentimental pick is Darby Allen, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, well, hmm. uh, not addressing Rampage. Um, I, I'm... I, I think Danielson would be my choice right now. I think so too. It's it's a fresh direction. Like you, you want the, somebody with the star power of a CM Punk, but without the, the baggage. Um, <laughs> and I think you know somebody with uh, so many fresh matches attached to him. And to me, yeah, it would be Brian. All right. Next one is uh, from Hermit Hernice. Maybe negativity is in the air, so now I might be looking for trouble where there isn't. But should more be talked about the trios tournament? The titles were obviously being held out until Kenny came back, and then the first champs are Kenny and the Young Bucks. Man, Mox has been the MVP and rooting for him to win the full title and have a run with it, putting everyone over with that promo. Swerve turning heel, and now TK is hoping they can recreate the magic in Queens that they had in Chicago. Keith Lee didn't give back those vacation days that Moxley did. 
Squash after squash, Wardlow needs a big program and fast. Whatever was said in that meeting seemed to light everyone's behind. So reports of a meeting backstage. That was um, Fightful Selected reported that there was scheduled to be a talent meeting earlier today. Okay. Um, but I have not seen anything that that's come out of that yet. Uh, but we've also been kind of uh, detached tonight. Uh, just a few more here. Muggin. John Moxley cemented himself as the conscience of AEW in the wake of the tumultuous Labor Day weekend. His promo was fantastic, and it didn't take long for Friedman to get back on his bullshit about the bidding war of 24. The tournament for the title is the right way to go. Death Triangle winning the trios titles is a good move. Acclaimed have continued their breakout, and Daniel Garcia got the main event in his hometown in Buffalo and win the ROH Pure title. Mr. Kane, this was a show that needed to deliver, and it did. Hangman and Danielson was hard-hitting. I couldn't have expected any other outcome. His page is too close to the situation, and really, Danielson has the bigger upside at this time. Hmm. Not the time to make a statement with going with Page until the dust is cleared on the internal matter. Tournament for the AEW title is great to build uh, anticipation for quality matchups while making MJF look like a snake waiting in the weeds for the right moment to strike the new champion. While MJF gave a decent promo, it was Mox that rallied the troops in the ring. Honestly, seeing him come in short notice, sacrificing his time with his family and his health to rescue AEW from the disaster of Sunday is not only commendable, it's downright legendary. If he wants to carry the belt again, give it to him. He is the man. Yeah, look at it. Like, I think there very much is that renewed, you know, freshness or sentiment for John Moxley to be to be. Yeah, again, I. If they go with him, I, I don't think it, it's a misstep at all. Not at all. Um, next one is from Amrit. Uh, he writes, I thought the show was really great. Wardlow finally calling out his lack of direction. Absolute bangers of matches from the trios match, Brian and Hangman, and the garcia Yuta match. The crowning of Garcia and Buffalo, all amazing. I thought as a whole the situation was handled as well as it could have been. Moxley pretty much showing he is the face of the company. If it does end up being suspensions for everyone and nobody leaves or is let go... Where do you see everyone returning? I was thinking the Elite versus Death Triangle is a return for them. I, I think it's too hard to uh, like guess of like the outcome and potential returns. Obviously, if if the Elite come back and they are, you know, they are, you know, they they serve out whatever and they're brought match. back into the locker room, mm-hmm. then yeah, it would be a natural that you you do the match with the with Death Triangle. That that only makes sense. Uh, Anthony, this is the first Dynamite I've watched in full since the big swole debacle because of the press conference on Sunday. I was fine with the result of stripping the titles on all involved and having a soft reboot, giving the titles to Death Triangle and another tournament to crown a AEW champion. Uh, goes on to say, it's the little things like this. Oh, he's bringing up a championship match between Claudio and Dax Harwood. It's the little things like this that tells your audience what they miss and hopefully makes them coming back to watch more. Uh, Jack Perry is not threatening to kill a dinosaur. This must be stopped. And uh, last one here is from Benjamin. I really hope that Tony Khan, Kenny Omega, the Jacksons, and CM Punk can mend fences. It's going to take so much work, but as they say, anything worth doing isn't always easy. Uh, I don't know if that is... uh, I do do not see a scenario where you bring all these uh, combustible elements back under one roof. That that would take a hell of a... Not in the foreseeable future. No, I think that that would take uh, an extraordinary amount of mediation, and I, I just think that, that that time was in the past, uh, that that was doable. I, Yeah, I you cannot say 100% that that can ha- not happen, but my percentage is very, I, I feel very pessimistic about all these parties being able to mm-hmm. uh, coexist uh, to that degree, but uh, we shall see. All right, 
We are outside of Way's house, so that is time for uh, us to sign off uh, for, for the car cast. How did things go? Hopefully really well. I mean, I guess I'll find out once I get back and, and, and uh, you know, put this all together. But um, it's not the only car podcast that we've done because on the way there, John and I spent about 90 minutes. Uh, it's a long drive to Buffalo uh, doing our next edition of Talk, which patrons will be able to hear on Tuesday. Yes. Um, folks, this is quite the edition of Talk. Okay. It is, uh, it, it is, it is a home run. We had a lot to catch up with, John and I, and... Uh, I, I really enjoyed the conversation, as always. It will be the furthest thing from what you've just listened to on Rewind to Dynamite. I promise you that. It's going to be quite the addition of talk. Uh, but you know what? It was fun. I, I really enjoyed it, honestly. Um, it was great. The so, crossover between... Um, <laughs> what what, 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 do we, what do we do for a living? I can't even explain it anymore. Oh, I can't describe man. it at all. Yeah, anyway, that's that's available in the Post Wrestling Cafe. Thank you to everybody for being a supporter, especially in the month of uh, September, whether it's be uh, whether it's on Patreon or on YouTube. Thank you to everybody who uh, who has signed up in so far. Yes, we we appreciate all the people that have jumped on board the uh, the YouTube membership and or uh, Apple Podcasts. Yeah, all all different avenues. Uh your support is greatly appreciated and uh a quick uh heads up that Thursday, uh, MCU Later has Rich Fan and WH Park uh, reviewing the latest edition of She-Hulk. I'm sure we will get a breakdown of uh, of Jade Cargill's portrayal as yeah. the lead at I'm All sure. Out from this past Sunday. Yeah. And then Friday night, Wayne and I are live, 11 Eastern, right after Rampage. We'll go through SmackDown. We'll go through Rampage. And whatever other news is percolating, we will Jeez. cover on Friday. Also, Saturday, Postmarks drops on the Post Wrestling Cafe feed. And uh, Bruce and Dave will be talking to Dr. Alex Patel. So uh, I'm very curious because Dr. Alex Patel, we all know him, of course, you know, as uh, somebody who has given us incredible information as, as it related to the pandemic and, and health in general, actually. Uh, he also has some pretty spicy takes when it comes to professional wrestling, which oh, I don't know if he's revealed on air before. So I very much look forward to uh, this podcast. Yes. And final plug is the UFC 279 post show I'll be doing with Eric Marcotte. We're going to be doing it on Sunday instead of Saturday night. Uh, so Sunday, we will go live at noon Eastern, and then that will be available in the free feed right afterwards. So uh, look out for that this weekend. Nate Diaz against Hamzat Chemaev in the main event from Las Vegas. So that's coming up this weekend. Tons of great stuff up at postwrestling.com and postwrestlingcafe.com. So we will uh, bid everyone a farewell, and this concludes the CarCast edition of Rewind to Dynamite.